855-450 free. That's the SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. Derek, I pushed the wrong button. And Derek J. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you get the, uh, the, 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 the B crew in. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. That's right. Um, Ian is, I don't know, doing something somewhere. And uh, not on the show right now. He will be in later. But uh, you've got uh, you, you got the two of us. You know, we, we do this for a living. What do you want? Uh, you can call in at 855-450-3733. Talk to, uh, about us. Uh, talk to us about anything you want to talk about. That's one of the things we do here on Free Talk Live. We always come up with, uh, you know, things to talk about on our own. And one of the ways we do that is at freetalklive.com, where you can give us news stories or blog posts or videos or whatever you want us to see and you want other people to see. Because, you know, not only are you sharing things with us there where people can vote up the stories and vote them down and you can do the same. You're sharing them with a lot of other people. I can't remember what the numbers are, but it's some like... You know, many tens of thousands of people see these stories and, uh, you know, it's probably more than your Facebook stream where you're more likely to uh, post these uh, news stories and stuff like that. So while you're posting, post at uh, freetalklive.com and vote. It's the best way to, you know, get the best stories up and get them down. So go check out freetalklive.com. We've got uh, lots of ways for you to listen there at freetalklive.com. Not only are we on more than 100 great radio stations across the country and uh, of course, uh, you know, XM satellite and free to air satellite and you can listen at freetalklive.com and the the cam is at cam.freetalklive.com where I have uh, just turned it on and you can go see our pretty faces. But uh, we've got listen lines where you can call in from a telephone and listen that way. All of that at listen.freetalklive.com. So Derek, this uh, story I have here is it's somewhat shocking. I'm I'm not sure that it's really about policy. Um, at least that's what the uh, the author says here. But it does kind of show you something about America. Is it a sign of the times? It, it is that type of story. I love those. Yeah. Let's hear it. This comes um, I, this comes from a guy who is uh, it's it's grits for breakfast. .blogspot.com. So this is a blog post. Um, you know, this okay. isn't this isn't been vetted by anyone. This is a per- person's experience. I believe he refers to himself in the third person as grits. It's the best thing I can uh, figure out from this post. All right, I follow. I've read it through, uh, you know, one time, and then the important stuff a little more than that. So a few years back, grits posts the question: Is babysitting while white reasonable suspicion for police questioning? After my granddaughter and I were detained and questioned at length in my neighborhood on suspicion of some nefarious deed, I was never quite clear what. In that incident, the police were pretty clear I was stopped solely because Ty, like her mother, who came to live with my wife and me when she was a child, is black, while I'm almost stereotypical-looking white Texas redneck. At the time, Gritz was amazed that three squad cars were dispatched to question me for walking down the street with a child of a different race detaining me for no good reason and scaring the bejesus out of my then two-year-old Ty. Last night, though, Ty and I got the full jump-out boys treatment, making our earlier interaction with the Austin PD seem downright quaint. Hmm. It could only have been more ridiculous if they actually had arrested me, for which for a while there didn't seem out of the question. This is a personal tale, much more than a policy analysis, so if you're only interested in the latter don't bother to read uh, further 
Our story began at the Millennium Youth Center in central East Austin, which is a city-owned rec center just a few blocks from my home of 22 years. Ty, age five, often spends the night with us on Fridays to give mom and dad a night off, and we'd taken her there to go roller skating after dinner out uh, as a reward for a week's worth of excellent behavior scores in kindergarten. Aw, this seems innocent enough. This is great. Perhaps at uh, 7.40 p.m. or so after she'd had her fill of skating. If the event were put to music, the appropriate theme song would have been Slip Sliding Away. I'm not sure what he's trying to, <laughs> trying to allude to about the event, but whatever. I asked Ty if she'd like to walk home and let Grandma take the car. It was cool but pleasant out, and we had, were just a short distance from the house with a city bike path where we often walk dogs together, uh, taking us most of the way there. She was elated. This sounded like a big adventure. Within moments, she was bouncing off the walls of excitement, making me think that a walk home was just a thing to burn off some energy. Before <laughs> Kids I mean, love that. Yeah, this sounds exactly like a grandfather yeah, she's, here. She's dragging grandfather along yep. and saying, ooh, can we, can we, can, yep. we, can we walk? Okay, so he's following along. Then what? This was a terrible mistake on Grandpa's part. Not because we live in a relatively rough neighborhood. I, I know many of my neighbors, uh, saints and scoundrels alike, and I uh, did not and do not fear becoming a crime victim walking that route, even with a five-year-old in tow. No, apparently the only folks Ty and I had to fear that night were in uniform. Mm. Our interaction with law enforcement began after we left the Millennium Center on foot, with the giddy five-year-old racing ahead and me trotting along behind, admonishing her to stay out of the traffic. Uh, tr- excuse me, stay out of the parking lot and stop when she gets to the sidewalk and don't run into the street, etc. Okay, a- so he's he's being a good uh, host there, making sure she's safe. She was in a good mood, obeyed, and held hands crossing the street as we walked down the bike path toward uh, Boggy Creek and back home. Then behind us, I heard someone calling out, though I couldn't make out what was said. We stopped to look back, and there was a dark silhouette crossing the street who Ty thought was calling out to us. We waited, but then the silhouette figure stopped, crouched down for a moment, and then took a few steps back toward the rec center, appearing to speak to someone there. I shrugged it off, and we walked on, but a moment in a moment, the figure began walking down the path towards us again, calling out when she was about 150 feet away. Hmm. We stopped and waited. It was a brown-suited deputy constable, apparently out of breath from the short walk. (laughs) She told me to take my hand out of my pocket and step away from Ty, declaring that someone had seen a white man chasing a black girl and reported a possible kidnapping. Then she began asking the five-year-old about me. Now, think about this for a second. I understand that it's out of place. I've got that. A white man and a a black girl. It's, It's out of place. No doubt about it. But... If a white guy was chasing a white kid or a black guy was chasing a black kid, no one in their right mind would call the police. No way. Yeah, this is a totally racially uh, charged and, uh, claim by the police officer. You know, but here. I kind of understand the initial groundwork here. I, I kind of get Not the initial Not much investigative part. work, though. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, take your hands out of your pocket. Step away from the little black girl, mister. And uh, Oh, gosh. Well, that's 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 what happened here. <laughs> and uh, the last time she, she began asking the five-year-old about me, the last time this happened, Ty was barely two and wasn't about to let the police question her. This time, though, at least initially, I decided to let her answer. Do you know this man? The deputy asked. Yes. Ty mumbled shyly. He's my grandpa. The deputy couldn't understand her, though I did, and moved closer, hovering over the child, sliding, re- slightly repeating the question. If anybody here has kids, they know 
that they understand their kid a heck of a lot better than everybody else does. I mean, right. I can understand everything that my son Jack says. And, you know, they've got those high little vocal cords that aren't easy for people <laughs> to understand that don't have kids. Well, and they're just learning to speak, too. They're pretty new at this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they have a different speech pattern. Right. So Ty mumbled the same response, this time louder, but muffled through a burgeoning sob that threatened to break out in lieu of an answer. The deputy still didn't understand her. What did you say? She repeated. He's my grandpa. Ty finally blurted out and sharply and clearly and then rushed back over to me and grabbed the hold of my leg. Okay, said the deputy, relaxing, acknowledging the child probably wasn't being held against her will. As we were uh, (laughs) talking, a car pulled up behind her on the bike path with its brights on. I couldn't tell what agency it was with. Um, Then she pulled out her pad and paper and asked, can I get your name, sir, for my report? I told her I'd prefer not to answer any questions and would like to just leave. If I were free to go, so she could uh, get the child to bed. So that, excuse me, so that I could get the child to bed. She looked skeptical, but nodded, and Ty and I turned tail and walked towards home. Like now, the the report is something important to follow through on now that she's run across the street here and and chased down this grandpa, horrified a small child. Now now it's time to pause and save your day, so I can uh, do this report now. Yeah. Ty was uh, angrier about this even than I was. Why is that? She demanded a few steps down the path. Why is it that, uh, she said, stomping her feet and swinging her lower arm, she said, that the police won't ever believe you're my grandpa. In our earlier run-in, she had clearly made an impression, though she hadn't mentioned it in agents. Why do you think it is? I asked, hoping to fend her off with a Socratic method. (laughs) She paused and said sheepishly, because you're white? I grinned at her and said, well, that's part of it, for sure, but we don't care about that, do we? No, she said sternly and walked across the bridge towards Boggy Creek. Aww. We'll uh, continue this story here in a moment. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, You can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line. The live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. 855-450-3733. Call in. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about this story about uh, Grandpa getting harassed for taking a walk with his granddaughter. First, Bitcoin's the world's first inter- anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world with no fees and without needing the permission from any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. It's bitinstant.com and weusecoins.org. It's great, great links if you want to find out more about uh, the new digital currency called Bitcoins. 
So, Derek, let's go on with the story about uh, this grandpa named Grits. This, yeah, this is such an unusual story. I mean, he's he's probably used to people balking a bit and being a little confused, but unlike the majority of people, he's uh, pretty equally dismissive of this police officer who's asking him questions. Indeed. Um, he's, so he has been harassed by the police officer for basically having a black granddaughter and walking home with her. And um, then the police officer says, may I have your name for my report, please? <laughs> and he says, you know, no, thanks. I'm just going to head on home. Just like he might be free or something. As we'll if. See, we'll, we'll see how that goes <laughs> for him. Okay. Because oh, no. the, the plot thickens. So, um, you know, he asks his granddaughter, why do you think they stopped us? And he says, because you're white. And um, she says, but the police sh- should leave you alone. It's not right they want to arrest you for being my grandpa. She's five. Um, more prescient words were never spoken. Just as Ty uttered these words, I made her hold my hand so we could cr- uh, trot across 12th Street amidst the sporadic Friday night traffic, uh, waiting for a police car to pass just before heading right across just west of the railroad tracks. Literally, my intentions were the moment we made it safely across the street to resume our conversation to explain to Ty that nobody wanted to arrest me for being her grandpa, that it wasn't against the law, and that the deputy had only stopped us to make sure Ty was safe. But we never got a chance to have that conversation. Hmm. As soon as we crossed the street, just two blocks from my house, as the crow flies, the police car was um, that had just passed hit the lights and wheeled around with five others appearing almost immediately, all with lights flashing. The officers got out with tasers drawn, demanding I raise my hands and step away from the child. What? Now, they had just done this, right? Oh, my gosh. So couldn't the officer just be like, hey, guys, not a problem. Just ask the little girl. Everything's fine. Well, the officer, she didn't do that. We'll, we'll see here in just a second. Uh, now, you know, if anything goes wrong, they're quick to radio in and say what's happened. But if something goes right, I mean, did this officer fail to radio in? That's what I'm thinking may have happened, um, but we'll, we'll go on here, and you can draw what conclusions you draw from this uh, story. I complied, okay. and then they roughly cuffed me, jerking <gasps> my arms up behind me needlessly. This is right what, in front of the little girl? This is what happens, man. Oh, it's, it's, no. I mean, I don't know how many times uh, police officers cuff people nicely and put them in the back of cars. Maybe it's the majority of the time. I don't know, but when I see video... I see people yanking other people's arms, cops yanking other people's arms around. Right. And that's been my experience. That's awful. Rotator cuffs are, I mean, they're easily damaged. You, you, you can hurt somebody in the short term, get pain compliance and all that stuff, but you can cause a lifetime worth of injuries playing around with rotator cuffs, you know, mm-hmm. their shoulder. I mean, it's not, it's this kind of, I don't know, it's this loose little joint and it can be easily damaged and you got to be careful. Sure can. I mean, of course, you're talking to a guy who uh, doesn't watch football because I always feel bad for those guys getting in, in uh, big, uh, you know, hitting each other as hard as they do. But And then the other damage is the unseen damage of uh, the young girl's emotions. Plus the grandpa, I imagine he's pretty um Well, at this point, know, she'd rough, already but... seen her grandpa um, uh, hassled when she was two and then just a few minutes ago and now again. She might be coming to the conclusion that she is bad and wrong because she is black. Like, this may be a conclusion that she comes to. Like, I am dangerous to my family because I'm black. Well, the, yeah, the circumstances around it would m- might lead her to believe that, unfortunately. Meanwhile, Ty edged up uh, the hill away from the officers, crying. One of them called out in a comforting tone that they weren't there to hurt her. But another officer blew up any goodwill that might have uh, been garnered by brusquely snatching her up and scuttling her off to the back seat of one of their police cars. By this time, more cars had joined them. They maxed out at about nine or ten police vehicles. Whoa! 
I gave them, now this is for a grandpa walking his granddaughter home. I gave them phone numbers they needed to confirm who Ty was and that she was supposed to be with me and not in the back of uh, their police car. But for quite a while, nobody seemed interested in verifying my story. One officer wanted to lecture me needlessly about how they were just doing their job as if the innocent person handcuffed on the side of the road cares uh, about such excuses. I asked why he hadn't made any calls yet, and he interrupted uh, his lecture to say, we've only been here two minutes, give us time. Actually, it had been longer than that. Maybe so, I replied, sitting on the concrete in handcuffs, but there's uh, nine of y'all milling around here just doing nothing by my count, so between you and what you've got here is 18 minutes for somebody to get on the damn phone by now so y'all can figure out who screwed up. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, this does not go over well. I could tell I was uh, too angry to say anything constructive and silently vowed to keep mum from then on. As all this was happening, the deputy constable who'd questioned us before was walking up to the scene and began conversing with some of the officers. She kept looking over at me nervously as I stood 20 feet or so away in handcuffs, um, averting her gaze whenever our eyes risked meeting. I seemed pretty clear she was the one who'd called on the cavalry, and it was equally clear that she understood she was in the wrong A supervisor arrived and began floating around among the milling officers. I have no idea what function most of these cops thought they were fulfilling. Finally, she sidled up to repeat the same lecture I had heard from the young officer pup who'd handcuffed me. When we get a call about a possible kidnapping, we have to take it very seriously, etc., etc. By this time, though, I'd lost patience with the that shtick. Interrupting her repetitive monologue, I explained that I could care less how they justified what they were doing. And could they please stop explaining themselves, focus on their jobs, and get this over with as soon as possible so Ty and Hi could go home? She paused as though she wanted to argue. And then her shoulder slumped a bit, and she half-smiled and replied, Fair enough. Wheeling around and issuing inaudible directions to some of the milling officers, all of whom appeared to continue doing nothing just as before. Not, not long after that, they released us. Ty told me that the back of the police car she'd been questioned not just about me, but about her personal life, or as she put it, all my business. She talked about her school, what she'd been doing that evening, to name all the people in her family, and pressed her to say if I or anyone else had done anything to her. Ty was frustrated, and she said later that they kept repeating the same questions. This is a pretty common law enforcement technique. Apparently hoping for different answers. She didn't understand why, after she'd told them who I was, the police didn't just let me go. And then it became clear they wouldn't take her word for it. She began to fear the police would take me away and leave me, leave her alone with all those scary police officers. Oh, my. Now, imagine here for a second. I mean, you know, cops do their very, very level best to be, you know, Johnny good guy when it comes to the, the to kids. But, you know, I mean, it's incidents like this where the, the huge overreaction goes into play here. I mean, it, it's one thing to have the lady come up and ask some questions. It's another thing entirely to bring these 10 cop cars in and throw this guy and, you know, put him in cuffs. And she's in a police car. They're asking her the same questions over and over. That's so intimidating and horrifying for a young child. Yeah. Well, story goes on. 855-450-3733. You can call in, comment on this, tell us your story. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel. 
the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. The live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Derek J. Give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We'll discuss anything you want. The uh, eight hundred number. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's toll free and is brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a uh, company that handles accounts receivable. They can uh, handle it for your business. They'll do it in a manner that uh, treats your clients with respect. They know that not only you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. It's SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right hand side of the page. You'll be happy you did business with them and do business with companies that do business with Free Talk Live. That number, 855-450-3733. We're reading a story. It's a blog post, so, you know, there's no corroborating evidence to this, but it seems like a very, you know, heartfelt story. seems like uh, the facts are it, – it, it feels real to me, I guess, is the way I'd uh, like to describe it. It's about a, a guy who was walking home with his granddaughter, and apparently their only crime is to have been different ethnicities. I can I can really see this happening. I mean, this woman and then the her fellow officers just totally overreacted. Uh, I can understand them being concerned about a kidnapping. You know, it sounds like they were all really uh, investigating that kidnapping. They wanted to solve this crime, but this is not the way to go about it. And after the the first contact with the police, there was a second contact, and it leads the the uh, the story leads me to believe that basically they hassled the crap out of this guy for refusing to give, not wishing to give his name for their report. Right. He wa- he wasn't following the orders that they wanted them Pretending to. Pretending like he had rights and that the Bill of Rights still existed and all these things. And you know, it the, we've 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 moved into a hyper vigilant police state. Mm-hmm. Um there's a story maybe we'll tell you about it a little later on this evening that happened here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire this morning and you know, some guy goes out with a gun. I mean, this is New Hampshire. People have guns all the time. Yeah, that's apparently it had some, uh, you know, harsh words with his wife. I, I can't say. And they brought out the helicopters and the dogs and the whole nine yards. Cops all over the woods for a guy with a gun. Oh, in, yeah. in in New Hampshire, just must have spent tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of dollars on just today, just today's investigation. Yep. So yeah, this sort of thing happens. Just Not hi- just here. Hyper vigilance, and uh, you know, I mean, when you have been that vigilant, and then you look foolish for having done it, you f- want to find ways to make yourself look less foolish. Hey, you know, it's important that we do this, and so I mean, you know, if you're going to have good guys scouring the neighborhoods looking for uh, kidnappers, then you have to have a bad guy, right? <laughs> right. You got to so, make someone into a bad guy. Yeah. The story goes on here, and the bad guy's in cuffs, giving the um, and we're reading the story afterwards, um, talking about his granddaughter and what happened. Um, on the upside, Ty said that when they were, we were through questioning her, one of the officers let her play with his flashlight, which she considered a high point. Um, don't you miss life being just that simple? 
Part of the answer, of course, to Ty's very good question about why I wasn't released when she confirmed my identity is that I was in handcuffs and she was in police custody before anybody asked anyone anything. Seize first and ask questions later is better than shoot first, I suppose, but it's problematic for the same reasons. I found out later police had told my wife and Ty's mom that I'd refused to let them question the child. Whoa. A patent lie since they'd whisked her away into the back of a police car while I was handcuffed. I wasn't in a position to review anything at that point. Just justifications for what they're doing, treating other people as if they're their property. And I don't know how often this happens, but I kind of feel like these officers will tell fibs and twist the stories in order to make themselves look better. This is normal human behavior. Right. And to suggest that police are more than normal uh, humans is ludicrous to me. And I just... You know, (laughs) if you don't do something wrong in the first place, you don't have to come up with lies to cover it afterwards. It just it just gets me because the supervisor was there. I mean, couldn't the supervisor have just cleared things up? They're usually the ones who take the fall and was doing the same thing five years ago. Right. I mean, you know, these people are trained in this behavior. Most of them are ex-military where they don't have to worry about bills of rights and things like that. And they don't if police have to worry about it either. It's not like they lose their jobs for violating someone's rights. How often does that happen? Well, I, I guess the incentives aren't there. But whenever I see someone, some police chief on TV taking the fall for someone on his force, it's that's I thought that was part of their job to be like, oh, hey, we went a little too far, violated someone's freedom. Sorry about that. We don't do that around here. So how hard would it have been to perform a safety check without running up on me like I'm John Dillinger and scaring the crap out of my five-year-old? I didn't resist or struggle, but they felt obliged to handcuff me and snatch the kid up for interrogation away from any adult family member. Now, I don't like this either, <laughs> you know, asking questions to, uh, to five-year-olds without their parents present. Nine police cars plus the deputy constable all showing up to investigate the heinous crime of babysitting while white. Moreover, there was no apology to be had at the end of this charade, to me or to Ty. They interrogated the child, but no one tried to comfort her beyond handing her a flashlight to play with. And then, when it was over, not one of those officers, the supervisor included, thought to take a moment to try to explain to the child what had happened. Oh, they don't need to apologize. They were just doing their jobs, Mark. Why they'd behave the way they did towards their, her family or why they treat their, her grandpa like a criminal. They just opened up the door to the squad car as the cuffs were coming off me and Ty and came running back and leapt into my arms with such force it almost knocked me down. After the cuffs were off, I said nothing to the APD cops as I carried the child towards home. But I did pause as I passed the deputy constable, who could bravely, uh, could still barely look me in the eye, this was the initial lady, to say aloud to her, You knew better. This is on you. Ty was understandably shaken by the incident, and as we walked uh, towards home... She told me about her interactions with the officers and peppered me with questions about why this and that and everything that happened. You know, I for these police officers, this incident is over. Right. You know, no harm, no blood, no foul, whatever. Everything's fine. Yeah. And they collect a sweet paycheck, too. For this family, this incident's going to live with them forever. Oh, yeah. The little girl still remembers the time when she was was two. two. I don't remember anything from being two. Well, when you're five, it helps. But (laughs) maybe maybe it's maybe. It it just happened. It was pretty fresh in their memory. I mean, if this is happening when she's two and now it's happening when she's five, how many more times is it going to happen in her lifetime? Well, just think think about this for a second. What happens when grandpa's walking down the street with his 14 or 15 year old black granddaughter? Well, 
I don't. I don't know what you're suggesting is. It's, it's going to be like different prostitution. Then. Prostitution oh. at that point, not kidnapping. Right. Well, these, so then, so then his they don't do any investigative work. A hooker by the cops. Now at this point, she's you know she's different and wrong because her. I mean, obviously the other kids don't have their grandpa stolen away from them Gosh. on a reasonably regular basis. Then she's going to be a hooker, as far as the cops are concerned. I mean, where does it all end? I'm sorry to laugh because I mean it is. It's absurd to the point of being funny, but it's 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 really not. Not funny that these people's lives are being destroyed and their emotions i mean how is a young girl supposed to trust the police now is is that ever going to happen in her life after being thrown into the back of a police car and asked the same questions all intimidating and then excuse me no apology from any of them i'm so glad that this guy grits is his name yeah yeah it's saying that you knew better and this was on you talking to the the policewoman Good for him holding her accountable. You know, you would think just stopping and talking, hey, hey, how's everybody doing this evening? You know, just asking a question like that, in most cases, it would seem to me that the child would feel like she had enough, you know, there's a police, there's a good guy police officer right there. Mm -hmm. I can say, I don't know this man, help me. Right. You would think that that would be plenty within the contact. Like, we don't have to throw anybody in the back of a car. I mean, at that point, everybody's butt is covered or whatever. I mean, it's still strange it's still odd that somebody would be you know the cops will be pulling over and asking questions but you know just saying something and that would probably be the end of the story yeah seriously would, you know just saying hey how's, how's the evening go where are you guys headed to you know something like that just a nonchalant a couple of nonchalant questions would give plenty of time for a kidnap victim to talk to, to, to say hey save me save me yeah, don't they teach the kids what they're supposed to say things like this man's a stranger you're not my mommy you're not my daddy you'd you know think, you'd think she so. would be flailing and running towards the cop i'm sure they certainly do their very best to teach them that the police officers their friends i'm thinking the police are doing their level best to teach this girl just the opposite though mm. seems actions speak louder 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about. We've been talking about a story here. From, uh, it's uh, gritsforbreakfast.blogspot.com. Posted by a gentleman who refers to himself as Grits, I assume. That's the Grits for Breakfast part. And his adventure, taking his granddaughter home from the community center a couple of blocks from his house. Adventure. It was a nightmare. Yeah. And any interaction with police. And it appears that his, you know, the, the largest crime he's committed is babysitting while white. Right. That he's is uh, got crime. a black granddaughter. Uh, apparently, they, the mother of uh, his, his daughter was, uh, you know, came to live with them at some point in her early youth, and they raised her as their own. I don't know what the... The story is there, but, you know, 
God bless him. Well, yeah, and he said and he was giving the mom a night off. And he managed to raise that black child without incident. But in the new hypervigilant United States where anything can go wrong and there's rapists around every corner, in that world, he's been stopped twice now with his now five-year-old, well, actually three times if you conclude, you know, two evenings, um, two times in one evening. And this is the story about the, uh, the, the second, um, you know, the second evening. It's a grandpa terrorist, babysitting terrorist. That's right. So now he's having a discussion with his uh, daughter about what happened on the way home. He's trying to get her to bed, and I can imagine she had a pretty rough night. And she's probably going to have a lot of nightmares about uh, you know being snatched up, put in the back of a police car, and having her grandpa. You know, like she knew. Let me get She said that she tried to be brave because she knew I'd get into trouble if the police didn't believe her. She was right oh. about that, and she was especially scared that uh, when she thought they weren't going to accept her word for it. So she was afraid that if she didn't if she didn't do things right, kids are this way. They blame themselves for divorces. They blame themselves for lots of things. And I suspect this child is blaming herself to some extent for the, the what's happening to her, her grandfather. Mm. So she's going to, you know, the results of this evening and whatever evening it was, they weren't really clear as to uh, what evening this, this occurred. But it seemed to, it was, it didn't, it wasn't posted too long ago. So I can only assume that it was a relatively um, new incident. Well, at least she's asking questions about it rather than simply blaming herself. She is asking Grandpa, why did this happen? And so she may be blaming herself a little bit inside. Who but. knows? I mean, you know, kids kids are real funny and they, they live in a world where they're the little ones. They're the weak ones. They can be picked up and moved around and forced to do things. They're... They make all kinds of decisions in a world where they're not the big people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't know what she's going to think, but it would seem reasonable that she's going to think I'm bad because somehow or another, uh, because of my color, my grandpa keeps on getting in trouble. And um, she's liable to think that, you know, police are police are mean people. They're out after me. Well, at least she still is clear that her grandpa is a good person. She seems clear he on had that. his priorities in the right place. He was just trying to get her home to read her a story before bed. So as we turned uh, onto the last block home, two of the police cars that had detained us passed by and Ty visibly winced with fear, lunging towards me and wrapping her arms around my leg. I petted and tried to comfort her, but she was pretty disturbed and confused by the whole episode. Luckily... It also left her exhausted, as uh, so she was out like a light as soon as we got home. Half an hour past her bedtime this uh, morning, she stated bluntly that she had decided not to think about it, a practice my wife encourages when bad things happen, and it seems to be working. Uh, her normal happy self, she's her normal happy self, though, at the park this afternoon, she wanted to pretend we were hiding from kidnappers. Hmm. But I hated for a five-year-old to be subjected to such an experience. I'd like her to view the police as people she can trust instead of threats to her family and her. But it's possible I live in the wrong neighborhood for that. Wow. So It's so sad that the young girl decided to just not think about the incident. I mean, she's got legitimate questions about what had just happened. And I'm sure the Grandpa Grits had his own questions but wouldn't it be nice if they just investigated this story did some follow-up with like each other if they just called into the police department and said hey you know what was that about maybe you can explain it to my five-year-old granddaughter i you know she is thinking about this though i mean if she wanted to uh, 
at the park, she wanted to pretend that they were hiding from kidnappers. She's thinking about this. Now, she may not be talking about it. And I don't mm-hmm. like this, uh, this family's particular way of dealing with this situation. But, you know, it's hard when somebody's, you know, doesn't want to, you know, when somebody doesn't want to talk about something, it's difficult to kind of bring it up and discuss it with them. Um, you know, communication's important in, in situations like this. And I, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't particularly like their, their practice. And I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but, this hyper vigilance um, that comes along with the new America police state, the new post 9-11, new post Columbine America, where we as a country have made these collective decisions mm. that the world is a dangerous place. We must protect ourselves. Only the only the government officials are the ones to be trusted. These kind of uh, decisions. I What's going to happen? What's going to result? Because we had a pretty good America before these decisions. I, mean, uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't around. But I can tell you, I hope that the new America, as you call it, doesn't stifle communication among families. Because that seems to be what's happening. They had an unfortunate encounter with uh, agents of the state. And now they're refusing to communicate with one another about this and a very serious issue. Speaking of communication, the agents of the state didn't say, I'm sorry. Now, this is important from a legal standpoint that they not say they're sorry, because if you say you're sorry, you have admitted guilt to something. Uh. But from a societal standpoint, they may have actually solved some of their problems by giving a heartfelt apology for detaining a grandfather for walking home with his granddaughter. Right. So there are some perverse incentives in the law. Perverse incentives. And it, you know, I mean, it's just, this is bad, bad news. Well, you know, I just like to think of it as if, to this young girl, she she just sees a person in a costume. I don't know if she really sees a police officer in the same way that maybe uh, I or you see a police officer. So, I don't know. But well, I don't if, know what she thinks. If these two people were to run into an aggressive person or just some scary crazy person who wanted to steal Ty away from her grandpa as these police did they put her in a cruiser and put him on the sidewalk in cuffs the grandpa and Ty could just walk away or the grandpa could fight off the attacker because he's probably pretty young if he's blogging but they can't just walk away from police nine cop cars showed up and this guy didn't even raise his voice or even a fist Mm. so the police here are the ultimate bullies because I mean they'll kill you if you don't do what they want you to do. Yeah, if he tried to pin, in that case, they certainly would have. I remember, I remember um, at my school, they had this puppet that they would bring in um, called Officer Ollie. And oh, they would, uh, you know, they, I, I seem to remember some guy in a costume too, but he looked different. I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, you're talking about, shoot, 35 years ago. Uh, but they had this, you know, character that would come into school and say, hi, kids, I'm <laughs> Officer Ollie and I'm your friend. You know, and... I, 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 you know, at the time, I'm not going to say that wasn't true. I mean, you oh, know, Officer Ali was your friend for 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 that, you know, for that time frame. Officer, I, you know, for me, police officers didn't become something besides my friend until I started, frankly, driving a motor vehicle. Right. That's when they became something less than my friend. You know, um, you're not alone. I think that's the case for a lot of folks. Once they get it behind the wheel of a car, everything changes. Oh my gosh, these cops aren't treating me like I'm. <laughs> You know, just some regular person. They're treating me like I'm a suspect every time I encounter them. <laughs> you know, I, I, 
I, you know, and, and that was it was a different America. But, you know, thinking about what happened today here in Keene and, and you know, I'll just restate that uh, some guy basically took a gun early in the morning, went out into the woods in his short sleeves, which is strange behavior, um, you know, upset after a, an argument with his wife. He had, uh, you know, some kids. He left the kids with her. I mean, it was early in the morning. What are you going to do? Wake him up. Um, and the the whole town went insane helicopters and the whole deal. Now, to, to me, some ex- to some extent, this is a play for their uh, bear cat. They're like, look, Keene's a dangerous ah, place. It's crazy. We need a bear cat. Well, they also locked down the school, as I understand. Locked in is the term oh, okay. that they used. Um, the students were to be kept in their classrooms, not moved from classroom to classroom like normal. And I guess the teachers, I assume, moved from classroom to classroom? I don't know. But right. The... No, they and there was an older gentleman. In if the... you tried to deliver a bag lunch to your kid and didn't have any kind of idea what was going on, you probably would have been taken out by a sniper today oh, that might well. be a bit of hyperbole but i can't imagine what it would have been like if you would have come to the school for because when i was a kid that's what happened you know I, I remember distinctly my mom bringing my lunch to my classroom um when i had forgotten it at home and you know how embarrassing was, well it, it <laughs> all the time some kid or another was leaving their their lunch at home um nothing unusual there but they would you know either that or they drop you can't it off do the that today I, I can't even imagine you can't even imagine 855-450-3733 well how's things how has school changed since you were a kid free talk live 855-450-free DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. It's a live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live. Mark with you. Derek J. 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on uh, the live Tuesday edition of Free Talk Live. Ian is out. I believe he's at a school board meeting. He's, uh, you know, now that he's running for school board, going to pretend like he's interested in it, I guess. <laughs> Bureaucrat Ian. <laughs> Well, he would be an elected official at that point, not quite a bureaucrat, uh, but, um, you know, certainly just as accountable. Right. <laughs> I would think so. I just can't wait for the day where I can uh, call him a bureaucrat. That would just be hilarious. I guess he'd be a politician if he uh, ran for office. It's not the same thing. I thought a bureaucrat was just anyone who worked for government. But... I think that you have to really draw a paycheck. Oh, oh, okay. I don't think, I see. I, I don't think the right. people, School board the, doesn't the, the count. quote unquote public can hire and fire a bureaucrat. Got it. Okay. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, that would be my working definition. Of that makes sense is. to me. And uh, so, you know, you can call a politician instead of a bureaucrat. All right, I'll call him a politician. Can't be a better term. <clears throat> Let's go to uh, Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Valentine's Day to everyone. Well, we love you, Frank. Oh. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, very interesting uh, show. 
Uh, I thought I'd let you know, today I was down to the uh, 9-11 site, the mm-hmm. World Trade Center. Sure. And the first time I had, you know, seen the, the void poles, the, uh, you know, the big memorials that are, mm-hmm. you know, where the old foundation stood. Right, right. And, uh, no, it's amazing the uh, uh, how little the people down there know about what's going on and uh, how little they know about... 9-11, or even, you know, where the new Building 7 is and things. And uh, all I can say is this. I, I felt for all of those that had passed on with that false flag attack, the inside job, and I felt very badly for all of those first responders who were breathing in the radioactive gas uh, from the uh, demolition of the towers. And uh, it's just, you know, it's very sad in a sense. But on the what? other hand, the construction is going along, and uh, most people are just sort of in a, you know, in a void, kind of, not knowing uh, how that related to the current dilemma in the Middle East with the war in Afghanistan, Iraq. And, so you, you know, it's you kind claim, of sad, in a sense, the sort of the disconnect with the people. But, so you're uh, claiming it was an inside job. Who, who did it and why did they do it? Well, it was done with our government, and it was also done with the foreign government that I'm not going to mention that's known for wonderful false flags. And we know that, uh, allegedly, uh, the person who was able to buy from uh, uh, illegally Russia the granite missile that was fired at the Pentagon, the cruise missile that was fired at the Pentagon, that was uh, done uh, not by Russia, but by uh, a party working with our government. And it's tragic. But uh, as I said, a false flag will lead us into disaster. And when we look at what happened, we realize Saddam had nothing to do with 9-11. Afghanistan had nothing to do with 9-11. And yet we've killed millions and millions of people. Not we, not you or I, but our government. And uh, What's the new site look like? What's the new site like? What does the new site look like? I haven't uh, seen any pictures or been down there or anything. Uh, You said there was some void pools? They're doing a lot of construction, but the pools, the memorial pools, are basically the foundations of the World Trade Towers 1 and 2. I thought they were going to build a new building there. They're building, yes, but they're not building on the same location. The the foundations of the 1 and 2, the old 1 and 2, are now these big void reflecting pools where they have like a waterfall that drops 33 feet and then this big void of granite where the water goes into. It's a very kind of uh, uh, dark memorial in a sense. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's very clean, it's very dark, hmm. uh, and it's, uh, it, it isn't inspiring in any way. It's almost a fatal inevitability is sort of the feeling one has. But I will say this, the new buildings are going up, and you know those buildings were actually uh, demolished with uh, nuclear uh, charges. They brought the buildings down, and that was the decision made by our government, and they didn't bother to tell all of the uh, responders that worked there that the uh, radioactive gas from the uh, explosion uh, 75 uh, meters below the foundation, you know, that brought them down. And as a result, we have all of these first responders that are dying of cancer with uh, radioactive, uh, breathing in radioactive gas and fumes. Frank, I'm And no work should have been done on that building, taking taking the debris out and things for at least a year. That should have been quarantined. Hmm. Well, I'm sympathetic for the first responders also. It was bigger than you or I, and... uh, you know, 
the sad thing is uh, we have people in Congress, such as Senator Lieberman, who passed, uh, who wrote legislation saying that anyone who challenges the official story of 9-11 is a terrorist. And it's really sad to see, you know, uh, Senator Levine uh, and to see Senator Lieberman attacking the Constitution, taking our freedoms away. Uh, it's really a totalitarian kind of regime, and I'm really disappointed, you know, in those uh, senators, and I think they should be brought to trial for treason, and they should be examined. Are they actually pursuing the interests of the Americans, or are they pursuing the interests of their second country? What you know, did the people in NYC seem to know? Pardon me? You, you're saying that the people in NYC seem to be question. ignorant. How were they able to, uh, you know, remove the material with the volcanic glass that actually surrounded the craters when the buildings, you know, uh, were demolished and they fell into their footprints? And no one seems to know about that because when granite, uh, when there's a you know a thermonuclear charge with granite, it actually uh, vaporizes and causes the wall to be glass, you know, and that's very difficult. I would have assumed they would have to fill that with some material, uh, you know, and then build this uh, pool or this void. But no one seems to know about that. And uh, also, the uh, I asked the question too. Don't you think maybe they should have rebuilt the World Trade Centers bigger and stronger as opposed to building four or five or, you know, eight, eight uh, new buildings? And uh, everyone seemed to agree with that. You know, that would have been the ideal message. Just build yeah, them bigger and taller and That stronger. was kind of what I would have always thought of doing. I mean, if, if ter- terrorists brought down the, the those buildings on 9-11, I mean, you would rebuild them bigger and better than they were before. You know, build- Yeah, but, you know, those ter- those weren't brought down by the terrorists. I understand. The, uh, it's even questionable whether a plane actually hit them because, you know, the outside was stronger than armor. And, you know, if you have a... An airplane flying at 370 miles an hour or 500 miles an hour, aluminum uh, crashing into steel that's, you know, uh, an inch and a half thick and then a, a three-inch area and then another inch and a half thick. Another, that's like armor you, that would just bounce and fall off. Uh, you know, it's very – the story has fallen apart. And the amazing thing, the Europeans and the Asians knew all about the fact that these were brought down by – uh, our government, and they were brought down with nukes, you know, 150 kiloton charge under each. And originally, when the buildings were designed, they had to have a demolition plan in order to get the permit to build the building. I've seen lots and they of were to use nukes specials. to bring them down. I've seen you know, lots of specials on TV. Footprint. Frank, that uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, I was going to say I've seen lots of specials on TV that make it a very, a very compelling case that uh, this was in fact, uh, you know, done by the, you know, the 13 terrorists or whatever that they claim it was. And you know, when I see this stuff, it seems very compelling and believable. Um, you know, I lots of people have done research physics. on the other side, but yeah. I don't think we're ever going to know. That's the thing is how. No, in the I world... think we're going to know, and I would recommend that people read, look at, read the book by. Uh, Dmitry Kalikov called The Third Truth and watches documentaries on YouTube, and you'll get all of the physics and all of the information. Now, there Frank, weren't, you, you were in... You know, there, were, there weren't, in a sense, necessarily uh, particle beam weapons that one of Dr. Judy Woods talks about with having certain thermal... Uh, huh? And uh, radioactive sort of. Uh, you were there in New York, right? You didn't see Pardon these. Air- you were in New York at the time. Did you not see these? No, planes? actually, I wasn't. I was outside of the city. I had friends in New York. I had lived in New York, uh, you know, before that and after, of course. But uh, when I was teaching in the university, I would actually, in the late 1980s, I would take the PATH train to New Jersey 
where mm-hmm. I was teaching, and uh, I would go through the World Trade Center, you know, every day going to the catch the train to New Jersey and, you know, all that. So in a sense, I remember the World Trade Center and how big they were and how busy they were. And for me to look at that footprint and just see this big, uh, very, very cleanly designed, minimal kind of uh, waterfall, pool, memorial void uh, sculpture... Uh, was profound, and at the same Brent, time... thanks I, for the call. 855-450-FREE. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live... 855-453. That's a sacral toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. On the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live, you can call in talk about whatever you want to talk about. I don't know about you, but for me, my life's changed to the point that I just don't have the time to sit down with a book carve out time out of my day to be able to spend time reading anymore. I have a lot of things piled up that I need to read, but frankly, my largest consumption of reading is coming through audiobooks, if you want to call that reading. Listening, I guess, is what it is. But, um, you know, since it is the books that I want to get through, I kind of feel like it's reading. They call them audiobooks. What do you, what do, you do with a book but read it? So anyway, um, the world's leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment is audible.com. They've got Everything over there, the new releases, uh, more than 150,000 titles available to you, business uh, in in all kinds of uh, categories, business, classics, fiction, erotica, history, science fiction. If you want to find out more about uh, 9-11, like Frank was calling in about, they've got all kinds of books on 9-11. Everything you could want. It's fast, easy and affordable to uh, use Audible. As a matter of fact, we had a guy call in the other night just talking about what his experience was with uh, Audible. And, you know, he's got he listens all day long and has uh, bought a bunch of books from Audible. You can get a free download. That's a free book. Anything they've got there from Audible um, and, and a free gold membership. But that comes with the download at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's the URL you have to use to get the free download. audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. They're going to get some information from you. And, uh, you, you know, if you want to, if you just want the, the one book, you, you cancel the subscription after before the first month and, you know, you'll just have that book. But, you know, you'll probably be like I am. And, well, you know, I want to read this one. I want to read that one. And it's easy to use. Just pop it in on an A. For me, I pop them in on a flash drive and put them in the, uh, the car, uh, you know, stereo, which is got a little USB thing. I bought it particularly for that. It makes it easy. But some people put them on MP3 players and, you know, you can do your exercises or gardening or commuting or whatever it is you do and listen to the books that you want to get. Certainly better than listening to, uh, you know, Crazy Train One More Time by Ozzy Osbourne. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Derek, you got a story? That's right. I read a story recently from the Sun Sentinel. Uh, That's a publication out of Florida, mm-hmm. and it just recently did a three-part story, it's it's huge, on 21 people uh, who were killed or maimed by speeding cops in Florida since 2004. Now, this is really sad, I don't want to bring everyone down, but I think there's a pervading theme here, which is important to underline, uh, a few pervading themes. The first is that 
many of these officers were not racing to a crime scene. They were just responding to either routine calls, like a taillight being out, mm-hmm. or speeding for no valid reason, just rushing to work, things like that. Then the the next part is that these cops are spared the severe punishments that anyone else would receive had we done the same things. If uh, we don't have the badge and the gun to protect us, then we're going to face serious jail time for killing a person with a car. But a cop can get right back in his car and, and patrol the streets. I don't think it takes much imagination for the average person to believe that uh, police rarely get pulled over for speeding, and especially in police cars. Now, they go, at, they, go, go, they go that special extra mile to let the other cops know that they're cops. They've got this, uh, this gang symbol called the, the blue line. It's a, uh, mm-hmm. it's a sticker with a black field with a blue line across it. So it's uh, it's kind of like one of those European flags, which they all seem to be three lines right. um, of different colors. Imagine the top line is black, the middle line is blue, and the bottom line is black. It's, it's basically cut into thirds uh, on the, the long way. And it's shaped vaguely like a flag. And they, I mean, but you can imagine, cops don't pull over cops. No, of course not. And if uh, it's cops- happened, there's been news stories about it. But the reason that there's news stories about it is because it's highly unusual. That's right. And it would save some lives here, at least these 21 lives, if a uh, well, cop they had get, actually done that. Or if they if don't they get had, pulled over, then they don't have the same um, you know, motivations that you and I do. Many people, you know, I, I think that there's a reasonable claim that, uh, that, that police officers, the very fact that a police officer may be around the next corner keeps some people from going slower, keeps them from going too fast in those uh, situations. And the cops don't have to worry about somebody pulling them over because they know that the chances are very slim of them uh, you know, getting pulled. Their buddies aren't going to pull them over and give them tickets. That's right. Well, unfortunately, the, the victims involved here were all victims of police who were speeding and then uh, ran into them and, and totally killed them. So, it's, Some of them were injured, right? Well, yeah, some of them were uh, brain damaged for life, like uh, one one person who was aged 20, living in Fort Lauderdale, studying to be an air traffic controller, and he was going home for Thanksgiving near Orlando in 2008 when he and a friend were stopped at a red light, and then coming from behind at 104 miles an hour, Mr. Maupin, who's a a police officer in uh, Orlando... He lost control of his Chevrolet no police doubt. cruiser uh, around a curve, as his as records show, that he was on duty, was not in pursuit, or even responding to a call. And the dispatch records and radio communications in- verify this. He was going 130 in his police car. 130 miles an hour. I mean, was he angry at his girlfriend? I mean, what gets a man to go 130 miles an hour in what? Is this a relatively populated area? Or? Well, you would think Orlando is pretty populated. I mean, I mean just it, there are some points where it isn't. miles an hour. I, I you know, I, I, I haven't done that since I was in high school and, you know, on a stupid kid on a motorcycle. The impact was so great. Bell's brainstem literally separated from the base of his skull. My God. So, yeah, when, you, when I say that, yeah, not all of them died, but, uh, yeah, this, this guy is going to suffer for the rest of his life. He's, he his was life 20 years old and going to school. And because uh, this guy likes to drive around in his fast car because he has a badge and knows he won't get pulled over. This is, this is what happens. 
And I, I'm not saying that getting pulled over is such a great thing that that's what keeps us safe and that we need more police pulling people over. That's, that's not what they what would I'm, say generally. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I, I think that people can exercise self-government um, and drive at safe speeds. I think if uh, there weren't this perverse incentive structure where police can get away with driving at whatever rate they want, then people wouldn't need uh, the police to pull them over. They would they would self-regulate. They would know that... I would be very interested in what the free market could do for uh, you know speed regulation, but I would say that in a world where people can contr- completely control their vehicles, that you're probably going to see some kind of uh, situation where they have to be, you know, they have to be regulated or governed in some manner or another. I don't know what that would be, but on private roads, if you had people who owned private roads, then you might see different, say, uh, you know, ways that uh, business owners go about regulating people. Because business owners do regulate people. I mean, people could run around their store, they could sprint from aisle to aisle, and that might cause accidents. I mean, you can see that in parking lots, you could see the way that maybe the road's constructed. I don't know what um, they would come up with and how they would handle it, but they probably would figure out other ways besides really this inefficient method of putting cops on roads with little flashing lights on their cars. There has to be another way, and there's more on this story I'll get to. 855-450-3733. You think of other ways that uh, people who owned roads might regulate people's speed? 855-450. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live, 855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Tonight on the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Derek J. The Free State Project Liberty Forum is coming up. Does it start end of next week? Yeah, Derek? it's coming up. Yep. February the 23rd through the 26th. It's one of the largest liberty gatherings in the world, and you can be part of it. There are still tickets available. It'll be held at the elegant Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. And they've got all kinds of speakers there. Carlos Miller from Photography is Not a Crime. Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine. Peter Schiff, uh, the guy who basically predicted the, uh, the, the crash, along with Ron Paul, of the, uh, the economy. Um, Prax Girl, John Bush. I mean, this the, the lineup's going to be, uh, you know, the lineup's going to be great, and you're really going to enjoy yourself. Uh, Joel Joel Salatin, author, excuse me, Salatin, author of You Can Farm, an entrepreneur's guide to uh, start and succeed in the farming business. And you can go get your tickets at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Sign up with coupon code FTL2012. Get 10% off. It's a great deal. Uh, I think it's like 200 bucks for the three-day convention. It's an awesome, awesome deal. You can't find a convention that uh, with that many speakers for that price. It's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Derek, let's go to the phones here. I got uh, Fred and Colin from Flint, Michigan. Fred, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey guys, it's great to great to uh, know you're out there, and I'm going to do everything I can uh, to get the local station which carries Free Talk Live only on. Let's see, 
the weekend. Yeah, Saturday or Sunday or something. Like that. Yeah. yeah, and it's a weird time slot, like really early in the morning or uh, later in the evening, which is better. It's nice. Free Talk Live makes it easy for stations to uh, carry us at any time. Whatever they, you know, if they if they've got a slot, we'll fill it. Yeah, absolutely. And whenever it can be on, it's great. Uh, well, anyway, uh, there's this uh, KDKA out of Pittsburgh radio station. Yep, I'm familiar with it. And there's a fellow by the name of Jimbo. Jimbo Hannon. Yeah, Jimbo. And, Yo, Jimbo. And uh, so you know, uh, I forget the phone number. Eight six six. Bible, Jimbo. Yo Jimbo or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I call in, you know, and, uh, I, you know, they're always talking. It, it's so, it, it is so, what do, what do I want to say? So uh, amazingly amusing that whenever a political discussion is at hand, it's only uh, Mittens Romney and Santorum uh, and the neuter man, whatever else. <laughs> but never any mention of Ron Paul. So I call up. I say, hey, you know, why waste your time on all of these, you know, these globalist New World Order uh, uh, puppet thugs who, who simply are warmongers, uh, who simply want who want who believe in global eugenics, etc. Well, it's probably uh, that. <laughs> you know, I've got to say from the from the start, Fred. It's because you know these guys. They when when they talk about protecting the United States, they don't believe for a second that they're selling war. They're mongering war. Now, I'm not saying I don't agree with you. I'm saying that from their standpoint, um, when you've said you know the buzzwords of new world order, and then you've uh, you know basically called the the ideas because Americans are scared. There's and and rightly so. The United States policies of the last few decades have made it dangerous to be an American. Well, um, but I totally hear what uh, Fred's I saying. I, I mean, him. let's talk about the peacemakers rather than the people who are talking about building more tanks. Sure. Yeah, and look at... Uh, so anyhow, the call screener says, uh, well, what's your question? And I said, well, why are they ignoring Ron Paul? The guy, he's a true fiscal conservative. He, 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 a true constitutional uh, enthusiast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so the guy hangs up every time. Hangs up, hangs up, hangs up. <laughs> and uh, so I got to thinking, what, what, what's really going on here? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. That well, I've heard other people get through, and 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 then what they've done is they've uh, they told the cost screener uh, one question, and then when they get on, they say something else. Then they go after him for ignoring Ron Paul, and they give their. Their evidence, and the, and the guy says, "No, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Uh, hmm. Ron Paul is bad for the country, etc." Hangs up. So, you know, I really believe there is within the mainstream, uh, as others have called it, the prostitute media. <laughs> I, I really believe there is uh, uh, there is this uh, this click at the top, and some have even. Uh, referred to it as the, you know, the uh, the uh, disintelligence uh, propaganda community uh, 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 censorship. Okay, so what what I see here, in fact, the guys that do the all night trucking show Red Eye Express out of uh, Dallas, 
I'm familiar with it. Last night, they were going on one of their rants, and they said, well, look, you know, there isn't, there's there's nothing in these trust funds. And, and you know what? Everything in government... What trust funds? <laughs> yeah. Is a trust? It's a trust fund contract with what? The, the Are you talking about like Social Security and stuff like that as being a trust fund? Well, it's supposed to be, but see, the point is, it's a mm. contract, and the point the point of the contract is, okay, we can prosecute them for breach of the public trust on that basis. It's it's not any contract can, that I'd recognize. I mean, don't you need well, two people to sign a contract at least? Well, it, 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 the the Principal tenets or elements of a valid contract, which, by the way, is is uh, uh, alluded to in the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Four. Like last summer, they were uh, debating the debt ceiling uh, escalation, and some people on NPR brought up that well, the president has the power to simply, uh, you know, bring in the Fourteenth Amendment. The validity shall not be questioned. Well, the public debt is contractual with the taxpayer electorate. So this mm. contract is based on... I didn't sign for that. I mean, state. my son's five, four years old. I mean, he's how's he responsible for that debt? You're right. You're, you, there's no informed consent. Yeah. No one has ever been afforded the opportunity, and that's the whole problem. This thing called democracy, well, hey, man, uh, democracy is obviously based on uh, deceit, Manipulation, fraud, extortion, racketeering—that's that's the monetary system. That's Congress. I wouldn't disagree I with that. It. Well, so you're talking about this uh, radio show that won't listen to your points about Ron Paul. Do you think it's just a personal dislike of Ron Paul, or or some like conspiracy of the media that some people claim? Because it sounds like these folks no, who I, are I, the I media really are just brainwashed by each other. I no, I've heard, I've heard from other talk show hosts, maybe primarily Alex Jones and his guests, uh, there are some uh, reporters uh, like, well, you know... Greg like this Palaz. Jimbo guy? Uh, uh, no, no, Jimbo's never had any of these guys out. But Jimbo, I think, is one of their, is one of their uh, agents of, of censorship. And I think, you know, I think... <laughs> what does he have to gain? Well, what? Okay, I, here's a way to put it in perspective. There was this guy John Swinton of the New York uh, Times, and John Swinton uh, was referred to as the dean of his profession until he retired sometime. I don't know if it was 70s or 80s, but in his uh, in his retirement dinner, he made a speech, and uh, I'm slightly paraphrasing. He says there is no such thing as a free press. He says, "You know it, I know it." If any of us would dare uh, uh, record the truth, we would be out of a job the next day. Hmm. And he said, chances are we would not be rehired. He says, we are the vassals. We are, he says, we are hired to censor the truth, to vilify, uh, marginalize, trivialize, etc., the character of, of essentially true, you know, true patriots, true, you know, the, the true speakers. Fred, thanks, says, for, thanks for your call tonight. 855-450-3733. Very curious.
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live, 855-450 free. Live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. You can give us a call. Talk about anything you want to talk about. Just had a gentleman on talking about the conspiracy within the media. And, uh, you know, to prove a conspiracy, very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's what it is. It's conspiracy. Well, yeah, but you could lay out a plan that some group of people have or an individual has and show the incentives that an individual might have to follow through with that plan. That's about all you can do. Well, there's certainly uh, high levels of incentive to uh, control the media. I mean, you can see other countries do it all the time. Mm. The, the, the one thing I can say about the media in the United States is it's basically licensed. And here's what I mean. If you want to be a major news organization in the country, you need to be able to have access to the higher levels of government, especially, you know, say the White House press corps. This is a good example. Now, the White House doesn't give news passes to just everybody. They only give them to some people. And if you ask the wrong questions to the wrong people, you're going to have your White House press badge revoked. And essentially, this is the truth with any other um, of the... uh, um, you know, the, 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 the politicians, if you keep on badgering yourself, some uh, some politicians, they're not going to answer your questions. Uh, not true. Helen Thomas, she always she had pretty much an assigned seat at the White House, didn't she? Uh, I that doesn't mean that she was, uh, you know, was she really asking all the right questions? I mean, yes, certainly they'll ask questions about sexual. Um, she got in some things. digs in her day. Indeed. It doesn't mean that um you know, to some, they have to ha- pass out these uh, these badges. There's no doubt about it. But if, you know, for instance, Barack Obama is not going to come on Free Talk Live. Maybe it's the size of the show. Maybe it's the fact that we're going to ask him about government being uh, claiming for itself the monopoly privilege and the use of violence. When was the last time you heard a reporter ask a question like that? But Obama says it himself. He's so brazen that that one it's the truth. He, he has said himself. So you don't even need a reporter to do that. I, I'm just saying, maybe I'm naive here, but I think almost anyone is the media now a days. And, sure. and this last caller, he was talking about some Jimbo guy who has a radio show. Jimbo Hannon, yeah. Right up in Flint, Michigan. and No, he's uh, everywhere. Oh, okay, right. So I've met uh, Jimbo, and he's a you know, pleasant, jovial guy. Okay, well, I'm just saying I want to see the real incentives here. If people are talking about censoring the media, yeah, maybe there are threats from higher up. But wouldn't you think if there's a real conspiracy to censor the media that we would see some of these people taking major falls and and some of the people... Uh, who are known as mainstream media, starting to crack. So and why and doesn't just... the ma- mainstream media talk about Ron Paul? I mean, basically, Rick Santorum and Newt Gingrich and all the rest of these guys wouldn't have campaigns if the media wasn't creating a horse race. With uh, If they were just saying, look, right. it looks like Mitt Romney's got this sewed up. We don't even know who the rest of these guys are, and they don't even mention their names. They wouldn't have had a second run at this. Well, they have something to gain by making it a horse race, because that makes it more exciting then for why people not Ron to watch. Paul? 
Well, that's very curious to me also. I don't know. <laughs> right. And, and you know, to me, it seems what they say to themselves is Ron Paul's views are so far from the mainstream that we would be, uh, you know, remiss in even talking about him because most people don't, you know, go for this guy. So, yeah, he's had 30 percent turnout and some elections come in a very, very close second in Maine, which, frankly, if uh, if Maine hadn't have canceled a couple of its caucuses, mm-hmm. maybe he, he would have won. Um, you know, I mean, this is the closest thing to voter fraud out there this main situation and you know they're not reporting on that it's like it's like they really do just veer off into never never land when it comes to ron paul they don't want to talk about him and i don't know entirely why i it beats me i would think that i would see some of these people asking the tough questions and then getting kicked out i I just don't see that if there were a real censorship conspiracy, I think that's what we would see. Well, let's go back to the story that we've got here. Okay, well, so I mentioned the officer who uh, separated a gentleman's um, brain from his spine. Yeah, he's a crippled man. So this officer, what, what do you think punishment happened to him? He just kept driving, kept his job at the police force, and then three days later was speeding over 100 miles an hour to catch another speeder outside of his police district. So the punishment there was 90 days in jail, you ask? No, just a 90-day suspended sentence from driving. Just totally absurd. So this guy gets less than a slap on the wrist. Now he has to have a chauffeur drive him around. Well, I mean, he killed someone. He gets back and forth to work in whatever way he does, rides a flies a desk for uh, 90 days and then he's uh, off doing his uh, thing again. Um, you know, so it seems to me if you know, we we live in a government paradigm where the government owns the roads. I've got that. If they really, really wanted people to go slower on the roads, if it was about the speed limit, and I think that speed limits are generally set artificially low, I tend, I, I almost always go the speed limit now. I used to just go over it because, you know, I, I can go faster than this and everything's fine. But I almost always go the speed limit now, mainly because... I want to not be hassled by police. And I love to get in front of a cop and go the speed limit. My favorite thing in the world to do, because the speed limit is slow, no matter where you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? They so, must hate it. And when I, you know, I love to come. I love to have a stop sign while I'm in front of a cop because I'll do that. Full, come to the stop sign, full, complete, rock back stop. Because that's what I was taught in driver's ed. Wait, you're supposed you, to rock back? Yeah, the car is supposed to rock back for a full, complete stop. Uh, I don't know. That's what it's. That's that's what a full and complete okay, stop is. Maybe in is. Florida. And. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, these are my favorite things because this is what you're supposed to be doing, and uh, you know, so now I go the speed limit just because, uh, you know, where I, where do I have to be? Why, why am I going so fast? So you know, I just I go the speed limit and, and see, how, and the speed limit's slow, and I think artificially slow. Yeah. If everybody actually did go the speed limit, they probably would raise that thing. Um, I think it's discourteous to go the speed limit. I mean, my gosh, other people have places to go and things yep. to do. Well, it's discourteous to put those signs up and then threaten people with guys with lights on the well, top of their cars. Discourteous is an understatement. If you um, now, if they really wanted people to go the speed limit, they'd have little radar boxes every mile or two miles for anybody who crept up over the speed limit, and they would give the spit them out tickets and you know just send them to them uh, their little license plate. They've got these all over the country, and if that's what it was really about was the speed limit, then they would have those things, and you wouldn't have to 
because I mean, you can speed a hundred times, a thousand times before a cop will pull you over. So you don't really have an incentive to go the speed limit. If you had a small fine for going over the speed limit every single time you went over the speed limit, then, you know, you would actually be incentivized to go the speed limit. That would be nice. There are lots of ways. I'm not talking about nice, but I mean, you know, if you really... Well, it's another way that people can incentivize uh, safe driving. And significantly cheaper. Now, um, when I say this, lots of cops get their hackles raised. um, But a cop costs a department just about at least $100,000. Not because of their paycheck, but because of, you know, overtime and uh, then all the insurance that they have to carry for them. Uh, Of course, workers' comp and then, you know, the, the taxes they pay to the government. And don't forget the pension. After 20 years, most police officers can retire, and then they've got a pension. And most of them go on and get another job after that if they haven't already come from the military with their first pension. So, I mean, most of them double dip. Well, I'm I'm curious about some of the ways that um, private roads would circumvent the, the problem of unsafe driving, speeding, and the things like that. The only way like we'll that. know is to have private roads. Well, I, would you be comfortable with the idea of, say, okay, you're driving along a, a private road, and then you come to a sign that says, the speed limit is 20 miles an hour. We've got Jimbo over here who's got a shotgun, and if you go over 20 miles per hour, you're getting your tires shot out. Would, would you... Uh... It would be really disturb me. Okay, well... <laughs> Well, don't you think you would either avoid that road or go the speed limit? Wouldn't that be some sort of solution there, and you wouldn't need to employ a a cop to? Isn't that what the cop does though? Isn't Jimbo the guy with? Isn't the cop Jimbo with the shotgun who'll blow your tires out? Okay, well, so that's that's one way to do it. But don't you think that? Uh, would you be comfortable with an insurance uh, company handling this sort of no thing? I have no idea where... how a, uh, on a private road they would come up with uh, solutions for making people go uh, more slowly. Well, I can tell you that there are lots of c- traffic calming measures that they use currently, and I think one of them is that uh, that little f- uh, radar thing that gives you your speed as you go by it. Um, you know, they have the it'll have the speed limit above it and then your speed below it, and you know it'll show some people. But some people will say to themselves, "Oh, I want to see how high that'll go." Well, I just think there's no way to know what is a safe speed to go unless you experiment a little, unless you give people the freedom to figure that out. I absolutely so, agree that you don't have a situation where um, we know what the, a safe speed limit is, as if these people that are putting up these signs have done, you know, are right. running around in white lab coats uh, doing some kind of scientific study on this section of road. Of course not. So I say deal with the incidents as they happen, and, and the accidents would be dealt with with the insurance company. So your records and your name would follow you for life, probably. So when you try to get insurance, it's going to get jacked up. The more accidents you've had, that's going to be a perffect incentive to drive safely that's true everywhere. That's true now, and it doesn't stop people from some people from speeding. Some people are just speed demons, and I have no idea oh, what, no. Uh, what what they would do, but I'm sure they would come up with methods well, far a lot of more efficient cops. than having a, a guy in a, in a car with uh, flashing lights pulling people over and giving them tickets. I'm not saying it's not a solution. It's just not the best one. Free talk. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. Com, uh, lots of different stuff there, so go ahead over. You can actually control the content as well. Uh, you find something there, or on, on the internet rather, that you think's interesting, you can share it with our listeners by submitting it as show prep over at freetalklive.com, and then other listeners can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion, and the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So head over and get interactive. freetalklive.com. I'm just uh, coming into the show here, obviously, for anyone that's been listening for uh, the full program tonight. If you're just tuning in. You or even know. to last segment. <laughs> right. You wouldn't know that. Um, thanks, guys, for uh, for taking care of things in my absence. I went to my uh, – I guess it wasn't technically my first school board meeting. I went to one over the weekend, uh, but I was at a school board meeting tonight. The one that was uh, – I know you guys were in the middle of talking about something, but I just want to share my observation here real quick. Yeah, I want to hear jump it. back into that. Um, the, the one that I went to this weekend was like the big one. So they had this – the one this weekend was in like the auditorium at the high school. There's a lot of seating, but only about 100 people showed up. And that's over the full four-hour period that this brutal meeting uh, took place. Is that like a once-a-year meeting, like a like big one? Like once or twice. Okay. Yeah, like once or twice a Got year. It. And this is where they're deciding on like these – what they call them, warrant articles, uh, which are hmm. things that will be voted upon at the next uh, school election, which is coming up in you know another month here in Keene, New Hampshire. And so this is like a big deal because like this is where the, the teachers come out because they're the school board's cutting you know some budgets or whatever, and so the teachers you know they want to save their budgets, so they're coming out. And ultimately, my question about the meeting over the past weekend was, well, how many of the people sitting in that? How many of those ninety-eight people were the teachers, and how many of the ninety-eight people were actual parents or mm-hmm. voters? Uh, and that I was not able to determine, but I think a lot of them were teachers. It's just hard to really say without being able to interview everyone in the audience. And so I was out there with Kelly Voluntarist, who, uh, as you know, if you went to if you've been to freekeen.com within recent weeks, has been doing some great st- uh, great activism out at the airport uh, with "Don't Strip Our Rights." And so we were there this weekend, and she also came out with me again tonight. So we're thinking, all right, this is you know going to be the same deal. We're going to go to the same room. There's going to be a lot more. You know, it's still going to be a lot of people there. It's another school board meeting. We figured it was all the same. So we pull into the parking lot. It's packed. I'm like, wow. You know, I really underestimated this meeting. I mean, there's a lot of cars here. There, there are even more cars uh, this time around than there were at the, the meeting over the weekend. I'm thinking, well, maybe it's because it's an evening. The one on the weekend was 9 a.m. on Saturday. Maybe it's hard for people to get up on Saturday morning, easier for people to get to an e- evening meeting. And this is what I'm saying to Kelly as we're going in. This is, this is going to be big, right? So we walk in. We're looking around. It's not in the auditorium. There's no sign. There's, like, signs pointing toward where the meeting is. Like, well, where is this thing being held? Is it in the gym or something like that? And so we're walking around, and there's this room where it's called a large group instruction area, which is what I thought we were in before. I thought that was what the auditorium was. But no, it's just like a relatively small room. Janitor's Um, closet? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a janitor's closet. It's larger than probably the average classroom, but not that much larger. You know, not even size conference room, not even two classroom sizes, I would say. Mm. And so we walk into this thing and we're pretty much right on time for the meeting. So there wasn't more than just a few minutes left before the meeting started. And there's 
a bunch of people sitting there on the board, like, you know, nine board members, some school board bureaucrats, and so all, all those people were there. The camera people were there for the local cable access television station, and there were approximately five people sitting in the 42 chairs that uh, they had <sighs> set up. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So all the cars out front was some kind Volleyball of sporting game. game. Some kind of sporting game was uh, was I don't know what the type of game was, but it was that's all the parents were there to see their kids play sports, sure. not watch uh, or have any input on this uh, this school board meeting. So as we're sitting there throughout this two and a half, almost two, almost two and a half hour long meeting, we finally determine who the audience members are. Because when we walked in, you know, we didn't really know who they were. Although I did recognize one as a city worker. Turns out that uh, two of the people. Uh, were city employees, the uh, city managers who had come to give some sort of required presentation. They weren't there because they have kids or they care. They were just there because they had to be. Yeah, they had some obligation. Right. There's one guy sitting in the audience who is essentially the uh, – he's like the uh, the the top repairman basically or engineer, whatever you call it. Not janitor, but you know the guy that fixes the toilets and fixes the air conditioner and the, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. guy. Uh, so he was there because he was being asked questions at some point during during the meeting. So he was there to speak. And that left the two guys. So it was Kelly and I, those three people that work for the city, and then two guys sitting behind us. And eventually we figured out who the two guys sitting behind us were. They work for the construction company. One of them is the owner of the construction company that's building the brand new $40 million middle school oh, here in Keene. So they had come with the expectation they were going to be able to talk to So the there wasn't board. a single person Not there. Not one. Not one parent at this monthly school board meeting. I mean, this isn't a, you know, very often kind of thing. It's not like there's a huge commitment uh, to going to these meetings. It's monthly. Well, who would want to go to one of these boring things? I know where you're coming from. I don't I don't blame anyone for not wanting to go to these <laughs> things. I just think it's interesting, right? Like, you know, they say you're supposed to get involved in this they system. They have a system that's so incredibly broken yeah. that no one participates in it. Well, you said that there was some sort of media there. Is that right? Uh, well, the, the local cable access channel, uh, Cheshire TV, covers these school board meetings just as they cover the city council meetings. So, right. Okay. So, so maybe some cameras. of the parents think that that's where they're going to you know, have their input when they watch it later in the week. I don't doubt that there are some people who say to themselves, well, you know, I won't go in person because I can watch on TV. But I doubt... That uh, prior to the TV channel coming into existence, that there were that many more people attending uh, these meetings. I highly yeah. doubt it. Plus, if you're at home, obviously you can't speak to the board. This is a b- public hearing. They, sure, it's supposed to be. Sub- the, the idea is participatory democracy. Now, they, I think that this they idea you to speak at two points during the meeting has long been dead. But you know, that's the idea. And this is the group of individuals who gets to decide how to spend forty million dollars of the oh, town more than that. That's just what they spent on the school. Oh, that's just school. on one little project. Yeah, I think the I school see. budget is like $62 million or something like that. So wow. It's, it's pretty A lot of power for serious. nine people to have and in I have just to, one town. Yeah, and I have to say, well, maybe for the region. I don't okay. know. All the, all well, the details are very, very hard for me to understand. I'm not, you know, one of these. I'm not somebody who really, you know, has experience with this stuff. Um, I, I found it. Just barely more understandable than when I was like seven years old. My parents would drag me to these meetings and I would leave to go play outside with the kids. Uh, 
It was just awful. I've got to say that the fact that you even went to one of these is stunningly unusual. I mean, well, I'm running for the school board. No, no, I meant as a seven year old. I understand why you're doing it now. My Um, parents dragged me to it. They were both going. But that's what I'm saying. I never went to a school board meeting. Maybe it was a PTA meeting. I'm sorry. I would love to know. PTA. Okay. PTA might be something something different. In fact, I bet you it was PTA that we went to. I can I can tell you that that hasn't been my experience. I've gone to a couple of school board meetings uh, back when I was in elementary school and high school. And this is back in Jersey, uh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is in New Jersey, and there was a pretty full crowd. I, I would I would estimate like thirty people showed up about every well, maybe time. They thirty only, teachers. Wait, every time you went, every single time? No, no, but I, I was because maybe you only went to the uh, the busy ones because there are certain like. Sometimes there'll be an issue that'll come up right. that is controversial, in which case then people will come out if they know that something hot is going to be addressed. <laughs> uh, but I asked the guys on the camera crew, I said, what's the average crowd like here? And they said, yeah, pretty much this. Wow. Except for those occasions when there's like a reason to have a lot of people, though, when there reason people feel like they need to show up. I just thought it was, you know, it was, it was interesting from that perspective. Just look at how v- just vacant uh, these these meetings are. I mean, even at the, the the big meeting over the weekend, you're still looking at only a maximum of 100 people that attended that thing. And how many of them were, were teachers, again, is another question. And this is how people go about losing control, um, if they ever had it, over what the curriculum is in school. I mean, you know, you hear Rush Limbaugh talking about uh, young minds full of mush. I don't disagree that uh, with that at all. Um, I may disagree with a great deal of things Rush Limbaugh says, but I don't disagree with that. And, uh, you know, these are this is an incredibly powerful aspect of the government, and nobody's involved because they've made it so incredibly it's boring. It's very obtuse. One eight five five four fifty free is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. And it's it's a group full of very nice, well intentioned people. You know, I went up and I introduced myself to them after uh, afterwards, and many of them already knew who I was, obviously, because yes. we're in a small town. And you might as well I'm, wear horns. I'm a very head. visible <laughs> activist. Eight five five four fifty free is the SACL CAI toll free line. More coming up here. You can take control as well. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. Uh, And those features include archives. You can download as many programs of Free Talk Live as you would like. They're right there. You just click, and they are yours over at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Yeah, gold.freetalklive.com. We, we offer you gold and silver pieces and coins that you can, uh, you know, get hold in your hand, have uh, possession of precious, precious metals, whether it's for a hedge against inflation or investment or barter currency. A lot of uh, experts are predicting that here in 
2012 that you're going to see gold take off and silver likely too um and you can get it from gold.freetalklive.com not only will you be able to price comparison because we got the prices right there and you can uh, check with the other gold purveyors out there to make sure you get the best rates we believe that we've got some of the best rates on the internet uh from a you know major distributor that you you know has a trusted name that's Midas Resources but you should be able to check and a lot of them don't make it so easy for you to check it's gold.freetalklive.com not only you're buying and getting the gold and silver that you need, but you're helping Free Talk Live, too. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so our number here, 855-450-FREE. Uh, we've been talking, uh, well, since I've returned to the program, I missed the first two hours, and we're going to get back, uh, Derek J., to your story about some Florida accidents on the part of the police killing people or That's whatever on the That's right, roads. yeah. We'll 21. get to that. We also want to get to your calls as well, because you can bring up anything at 855-450-FREE. I was recapping my experience tonight from a brutal two-and-a-half-hour meeting where at one point they discussed one motion for about a half an hour. It was just awful. And everyone knows it's awful, which is why they didn't show up. I was It was Kelly and I who were the only two people in the audience of six, uh, basically, the only two people who were there that were not employees of the city or contractors uh, working for the working for the school board. That was it. And one thing that this really points out, I think, it's worth worth focusing on briefly here, is I've pointed out before that in New Hampshire and certainly in the Keene area, I don't know about the rest of New Hampshire, but I can't imagine it's that different anywhere else. But in the Keene area, it's a ripe opportunity for people that want to get involved in the political scene. And the Keene area kind of hasn't really attracted a whole lot of that because we've mostly been focusing on doing uh, civil disobedience and non-cooperation and creating media and focusing on other types of activism around here. There's been the occasional candidate for city council and one guy ran for state rep once, but it hasn't really been you know any co- sort of concerted uh, full slate effort or anything like that. And when you actually get into looking at the system – you see how awful and just terrible it is to go to these things. But on the other hand, you look at the lack of participation. I mean, like the almost complete lack of participation. The Bearcat meeting that we went to last week that is going to make, uh, by the way, national headlines, the agitator, uh, Radley Balco from The Agitator, the guy that does all the reporting on the sure. police mm-hmm. injustice, uh, the police raids. He's covering the uh, the Keene Bearcat situation, and he's actually been calling around getting interviews today to do a much larger piece on what's going on here. That meeting was unusual. We filled the city council chambers. Usually the city council room's almost as dead as the school board meeting. The school board meeting was probably a little more dead than the city council meetings, but on average they're all pretty dead. And this one was filled beyond capacity. That's right. They locked you out at one point because uh, the fire code prevented you from uh, going in. And so my point being, there's very, very little input into this system. People are too busy or they don't think that they can change anything. And maybe they're right. Maybe they, they really can't change anything. But on the other hand, people pay attention to the system. People give it, uh, you know, since I'm running for school board, I'll get, I've already gotten a questionnaire by the newspaper. That's going to get printed. Uh, I'll probably get an, uh, a radio interview or two uh, out of this. And I, I know Free Keen TV is already going to line me up as, uh, as an interviewee. So you get, a, you get the opportunity to, at the very bare, bare minimum, get the ideas of liberty out into the population that's paying attention to these, these matters. And that's valuable. I mean, being able to talk about these ideas in any sort of media platform that is a mass media platform is is valuable, and, and that's worthwhile, I think. So that's why I'm doing it. Well, I, I totally agree. I, I can see how people who are interested in affecting uh, political change like within the system, uh, it would benefit them to join the good people of New Hampshire who are uh, 
getting more exposure because it's not as densely populated as some other places. You're, right. you're going to make a lot of change per person here. So that's the idea. It's a great place. That's one of the, the reasons why New Hampshire is a great destination for liberty activism is because of the low population. And Keene is, you know, four times or four times fewer the population as uh, or a fourth of the population rather as uh, Manchester, the biggest city in New Hampshire. So it's even more of a big fish in a, a little pond uh, sort of a situation here. And so all that aside, it just seems like, you know, even a small amount of people getting active in the political scene on a local level here can make a big deal. Like if 20 people had showed up at that city or that school board meeting this weekend, you'd have been able to swing the vote any way you wanted to. Like 20 people would have been all it would have taken and, and actually probably would have been more like 10. But 10 to 20 people could have easily have defeated every single thing that came up at that uh, at that particular meeting. And you can like motion to like change things and and you know modify their proposals and you know there there are ways for people to get involved. So, so. you actually have some input at this school board meeting. It's not yes, just to I get see an you've opportun- never been to one of these things. Uh, you have an opportunity <laughs> yes. to talk, but I mean you know so ma- so many of these situations you have the opportunity to talk, but yeah. then they have the opportunity to ignore your crazy butt and go on. And and there are those um, opportunities well as well where you can be ignored and they'll move on. But at this last meeting, you could actually put forth motions and things like so that. So this was the big meeting or the, the little big, one that you just meeting, went to? At the big meeting. At the big meeting, I see. So uh, so anyway, I just wanted to share my experiences. Come on up to New Hampshire. If you, if you enjoy doing the political thing, I don't particularly enjoy it, but I feel like it's something that I have to do. Uh, and it's, I feel like it's necessary because you can only do civil disobedience for so long. So what else can I do? You know, I've kind of <laughs> I've kind of CD'd myself out. I've. Uh, you know, I'm out on suspended sentence. You're going to go to prison for a long, long time if you uh, do any more you can, you know, civil disobedience. You can disobedience. only do so much uh, at once. So um, anyway, that's been my experience. So there. Okay. Eight, well, eight, very good. 855-450-FREE. Benjamin is on the line in California. And if this is – is this Benjamin from Good Men Do Something? It is. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Now, you are – and your brother uh, were arrested – what was it, like a year and a half ago, two years? How long ago was it? It was, you were, it was 10 months ago. 10 months ago. You were arrested for holding up a sign, attaching a sign to a highway overpass that read taxes equals theft, if I'm recalling correctly, and also for wearing a mask in public. You were wearing the V for Vendetta uh, mask, and that was what initially, allegedly, had, the, the cops had stopped and talked to you for. They ended up dropping the mask charges, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, but you still were facing a charge of uh, affixing a sign in public or something like that. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, well, uh, uh, a few things have changed since our initial arrest, where we were, we were rig- initially arrested for wearing the mask, then they added on the charge about the sign. Um, since then, they, had, they dropped the charge of the mask because it was ridiculous, but they added on a resisting charge. And then this Friday, uh, we actually got a trial date. Uh, we're going to be having our trial on the 3rd of April, nearly a year after it happened. Um, but they dropped the sign charge. So now all we're facing... Unbelievable. Is- Wait, so resisting what? If there's no sign charge and there's no mask charge, they threw in a resisting? And w- what are they basing that charge on? Uh, the subsection is uh, like uh, resisting or obstructing an officer in the course of their investigation. You know, yep. one of those a weird things. Basically, right? so, if you don't uh, drop to your knees with your hands over your head, you've no, resisted if, them. If you drop to your knees, that's that's resisting, too. You can't do anything that they don't want you to while you're being arrested. Everything's resisting. Benjamin, hang on. I want to bring you back here and talk about this because it seems like fruit of the poison tree. You know, they're arresting you for something they shouldn't have arrested you for. Obviously, they dropped the charges. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
Americans are losing their wealth. People are rioting in the streets. For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty. The book in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth, not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty, but also identifies and explains how we, the American people, can restart what was once a free America. It's time to wake up, protect our liberty, and return the government back to its proper role. It's time to know the truth. Order in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth, today at Amazon.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give to you, including the mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone can go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll get quick access to our live streams, as well as the software you need for your phone to tune them in. In addition to that, you'll also have access to our podcast over at m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, ManVentureOutpost.com's got everything that you need over there. Everything that the outdoors person might be interested in, whether it's knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. The prices as they have over there, um, you know, every business needs a unique selling proposition, and ManVentureOutposts.com is value. They provide you the big names and the products you want quickly at rates that are incredibly low, so much lower than you, you would expect uh, at other, these other sites. I have friends of mine who've gone over there and shopped, and they're big consumers of outdoor products, and they've been very impressed with the prices. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, so let's continue here. Benjamin is with us uh, from Good Men Do Something, and I presume also Good Women uh, Do Something as well, but this, the site's called Good Men Do Something. Uh, Benjamin, you're back on Free Talk Live. You're updating us with your case, or their case against you, rather, where you and your brother were arrested for holding a sign or pu- putting a sign up on an overpass while you were there. It's not like you were just leaving it there. Uh, you were standing there the whole time waving at people, and you had a v, v for Vendetta masks on, and the cops stopped you, and there's video footage actually of this where's the place people can go to easily see the video of uh, this happening well actually uh we have new video that we got uh, over the weekend we finally got access to our phones and our camera that were taken as evidence 10 months ago Um, you finally got them 10 (laughs) months later justice's terrible swift sword we don't have them back we were just granted a temporary access so we could uh take the information off of them great how nice but we got new footage uh which actually gives a, a better view of things um, but if uh, actually that's some good news. A lot's changed over the weekend for us because now uh, we actually have a blog thanks to uh, fr33agents.com. I was uh, so. I had heard about that happening. Now fr33agents.com actually lets anybody who loves liberty uh, have their own blog, and it's a WordPress blog, so it's a real blog site. I mean, it's a ser- it's your own blog site through Free Agents, and uh, so where do people go to to, uh, to get that? They could just go to goodmendosomething.org, and it will take them straight there. Perfect. Perfect. So, and then uh, once you're there, you can go to our YouTube channel, uh, which will have all the videos. So you're just there doing some outreach. You were waving at cars. You thought, hey, you know, this is an important message to get out. Taxes equals theft is what the sign said. A humongous sign. Great sign for an overpass. And they, uh, the cops didn't like that very much, so they stopped to not only – 
you know, threaten you, but also argue with you. They they were debating with you over the merits of your idea, essentially uh, not agreeing with you that it was theft, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, the one officer was there, just couldn't let that go. He wanted to argue with us about the content of our sign. Yeah. So he was disturbed about the message, and they he, they made that pretty clear during the interaction. You know, they'll often say that they can't make political statements on camera and that kind of thing, that, uh, you know, they're on duty and, and that, that sort of thing. Hey, keep it to yourself then, pal. So they arrested you for wearing masks and affixing a sign to public property. They ended up dropping both of those charges, but added at some point a charge of resisting arrest. Is this a misdemeanor resisting arrest? It's a, it's a misdemeanor resisting. So are you looking at jail time? One year and $1,000. Now, again, what's it based on? What's the claim that you did? Well, uh, to the best of our knowledge, so that's what's been told to us, uh, the the uh, the reason for it, the reason for the obstructing slash resisting charge, is because we didn't have IDs in our pockets. What? And therefore, we delayed the officers in their investigation. Wow! Welcome Shouldn't they have a charge for not having an ID in your pocket if that's what the concern is? There's no such thing. Hmm. Wow! So, so you're you're going to be uh, fighting this now, in court? Wow. Is there a law that you yeah. have to have an ID in your pocket in California? Apparently, There's no, no. Nope, we're not a we're not a, a state where you have to possess ID. So now, now this this gets into something I think you guys were talking about earlier with police lying, because in the police report they try to say that they offered to take us to our vehicle so we could get our IDs because that's where we keep our IDs is mm-hmm. in our car where we're required to have them. Sure, the, I mean and, you're not driving the sidewalk. Why would you have driver's <laughs> licenses on the sidewalk? Absolutely. Um, so in the police report it says that they offered to take us to our vehicle. Um, so we could get our IDs, and we refused. So they had to arrest us so they could identify us. But you've seen the video, and we have transcripts and all that stuff. They never once, I mean, we already knew it, but we have evidence of it. They never once offered to take us to our vehicle. So they if you had the opportunity fact, to... Our vehicle never even came up. Now, you've got a lawyer for this instance, right? Correct. Now, you, they've dropped both the affixing the sign charge and the wearing the mask charge, which are the original charges, and they've just got you on resisting at this point. And they have you for resisting because you didn't have IDs in your pockets, and they claim that they were going to take you to your cars to get your ID, that they offered to take you to the car to get the ID, but you have video, and that's what this is all about, really, and the video doesn't show them doing such a thing. Will you be pursuing a... Um, a charge of uh, you know false arrest or something like that, if uh, if that is available. You know, one thing at a time. Right now, we're just focused on on beating this charge. After that, I, you know, I said in the video that I, I personally would would try to hold each of those officers accountable. Um, I don't know exactly what I'll be able to do, but I do intend to follow through with that. Man. Do you know when um, your Do you know when your court date is, Benjamin? It's it's April third. Uh, okay. We'll so following. I imagine people that are following your blog at goodmendosomething.org, was it? Yep. Okay. I imagine they'll be uh, kept apprised of the situation. Now, has the state uh, actors, have they been coming to you with uh, plea deal offers? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, the first plea deal we were offered was if we lied and say we uh, dropped, and this was their example, a paperclip. Say we dropped a paperclip, they would reduce our charges to littering. Uh, and waive the fine, and, uh, you know, it, it would be, a, a, whatever, a violation-level thing, and it wouldn't be on our record. No big deal. What? Um, so they're, so they're willing to, to just, they just want to get a guilty of littering. They'll, they'll, they're saying no fine, and all the other charges are dropped, and then you can walk away from this. 
that was their initial offer. Since then, it's been plead guilty to resisting and the way of all the fines, and we'll just have to pay the court fee. Which is what, hundreds of dollars? How much is a court fee in California? Several hundred dollars. Yeah. Several hundred. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what the specific amount is. Cause, Would you have had to pay court fees on the first plea deal? Uh, I, I have no idea. You know, um, it's it's. I wonder why they want the guilty so bad. Is it just? I mean, because they could make this go away if they wanted to. But you guys seem tenacious to them. I mean, is the no? Concern... It makes the prosecutor's record look good when he's got more guilty. Come on, anybody looks at the prosecutor's record for making for dropping charges? I mean, tries, charges get dropped all the time. This isn't about you know, his I, record. I have no, uh, you know, no evidence of anything in particular. Uh, my suspicion is that uh, the DA's office is being pressured by local law enforcement agencies to uh, being perturbed at, at what we do. I know you guys are That's talking about perfect. once this is over, coming up to New Hampshire, you're part, you're, you've already joined the Free State Project, if I'm recalling correctly, at freestateproject.org. You're coming to join the, the liberty activists here. I get wanting to like hold these people accountable, but isn't that just going to keep you in California longer and subject you to more possible arrests and retaliation from the people inside the system? You know, I have no idea, but I, I made it. I made kind of a promise, and I intend to keep it. I don't know what that will entail. I don't know if that means we're stuck here. Um, so it's either that, or you're going to have to go back and fly back several times to go to court hearings. Right. So, so, so I, I don't know. And how much have you poured in, by the way, in attorneys' fees on this so far? So far, just just a retainer. Which uh, is luckily we had been saving to move to New Hampshire, so uh, we were we were able to. Uh, put down money for a retainer for a lawyer. How much have you put so, in? Um, several thousand dollars. Yeah, people want to know. Wow. You know, people are going to want to know that. It's, it's not cheap to uh, to hire attorneys, and I don't know if it's ever... I really don't know if it's worth it. I, I have yet to be convinced. Do you feel that you've gotten your value out of the the attorney? Absolutely. Our attorney is fantastic. Great. Maybe happy. you can bring him with you up here to New Hampshire, too. Hey, thanks for the update. Appreciate hearing from you, uh, Benjamin, and good luck out there. Keep us in the loop, will you? Absolutely. All right, Benjamin from GoodMenDoSomething.org. More coming up here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week, discreet packaging and shipping, and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and here tonight is Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. Derek J. joining us, courtesy of his blog site, as well as uh, free agents, fr33agents.com. Your blog site is livefreerdance.com. Uh, and, of course, it's a it's a very nice-looking blog, livefreerdance.com. But the big concept is free agents, fr33agents.com. That's right. What is it? Uh, FR33agents.com is a website which connects voluntarists and uh, those of us who uh, oppose uh, violence by state agents and f- gives people a place where they can promote campaigns. So, uh, like so political we just heard, campaigns? What do you mean by uh, campaigns? Well, ca- 
campaigns more like what uh, good men do something is all about. So activism stuff. Absolutely, yeah. So if people have an, a pet issue, most people seem to um, have a pet issue that the, really resonates with them. For a lot of people, it's uh, civil disobedience for uh, marijuana, and for others, it can be freedom to travel. Um, and people feel alone often when they're doing that style of activism. Uh, so they need a place to connect with others. So this, Especially if you're not in New Hampshire. It's real es- easy to feel alone. Especially. So... FR33agents.com gives them a place where they can create their own blog and uh, spread their message with other like-minded people and get connected um, to incentivize each other to do activism. There are achievement points which mm-hmm. are rewarded. You guys to just activists. got the t-shirts in, by the way. That's uh, these, right. These points you collect for doing certain things, activi- doing activism, and by the way, you can create new achievements. You can add uh, new achievements to the system, so to speak. And then uh, when people get enough points, they can get prizes or whatever you want to call them, or rewards. You get a t-shirt or buttons or whatever else is coming on into the future. But the shirts look good. I saw them for FR33 Agents shirts. They're sharp, and they're made of a real nice material, too, so I think people will be really uh, pleasantly surprised by them. But if if you've got literature that you're looking to get handed out to a certain group of people, yeah, you can create an achievement on the site, uh, put some money down on it, and then the activists who end up achieving that are rewarded those uh, points that you've given them. So it, it's a way for people to um, make more happen. If, if you're not able to round up a group of your friends to hand out literature, well, there are a bunch of people online who would be willing to accept those offers, and it gets, gets more done. Excellent. And it is bringing people together. It's networking them. It's, and, and like you pointed out, if you're somewhere else, if you're not in New Hampshire, it's easy to feel like you're the only one doing activism or the only one that wants to do activism and this can bring you together in theory once the site gets large enough uh once they're enough it's still kind of in beta right now that's right uh, but once the site gets large enough then you know maybe we'll bring people together physically in different areas as well maybe they'll be able to meet up you know from having met you didn't know them before but you meet them on fr33agents.com and then actually go into a physical location and plan activism and do things that could be that could be you know off into the future not too far that's right. And uh, people are able to participate in all sorts of ways. We also have a, a call-in number. If you have an activism story, uh, something activism-related, you can call in 762-BEFR-330 and just give your report uh, to a message, and it will make the airwaves. Or it might make it, the airwaves. Well, it, yeah, if it's a... <laughs> it doesn't suck. But, yeah, um, exactly. In fact, you're, you're the guy putting together the uh, FR-33 Agents radio news that's going on right now. And that's happening every single day. It's an incredible commitment that you've jumped into, and no one's paying you for it. I hope someday you can make some money off of it. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. that that would be a nice goal. But for now, I'm satisfied just getting the stories out there. There's a lot going on in the uh, peaceful resistance around the globe, and I think it needs to be covered. So FR33Agents.com, if they want to hear the radio news, it's there under the radio tab? That's all correct. Right. Cool. All right, 855-450-FREE. And, of course, all that stuff we just talked about, it's free. You don't have to go in and like pay for a membership. Or anything, right? <laughs> that's, that's also correct. Not yep. to say you won't accept contributions, but... It's free to do right out the gate. Correct. Uh, Ed is in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Ed with Ian, Derek, Jay, and Mark. I was just going to talk about peacefulness. Excellent. From uh, Derek, Jay. Hey, uh, Mark, you made a comment about Rush, talking about kids or mush, but did you know that each generation is so much smarter than the last generation? Yeah, they probably compile the information, sure. We're more peaceful now than ever. Yep. We're safer now than ever. 
and healthier now than ever. You're here. Hey, and you were talking about the schools. I don't know if we're healthier now than ever. We're pretty fat. I mean, you know, medical science has increased to the point that uh, it's able to keep us uh, alive longer. But I, how about well fed? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead, Ed. Well, we're we're still. In in other words, what I'm saying is, more a larger percentage of people are smarter, are healthier. I know we have uh, a diabetes coming on, but. They're they're going to be able to take care of all kind of stuff like you know the macular degeneration. Degener, uh, they've had two people that couldn't see now see vocal Incredible. cord cancer. Now they got vocal cords and they're talking and they're alive. Uh, the stem cell research and all this stuff. But anyway, we're making so much advances. And, and I love his quote from Mark Twain: "Don't let your schooling get in the way of your education." <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, uh, and school like I said, sucks. Yeah, we're, education we're, rules, right? But uh, I, you know, you talk about education a lot, but and, and I always have to go back to this: the war on drugs. When when they do these studies on these different countries in education and schooling, we take in everybody. Our public schools, as you know, we take in the mentally ill, the you know the uh, uh, sick, the uh, low IQs. You know, everything, the poverty. Mm-hmm. How are you going to deal with poverty? When when China does their studies, they take the best of the best. If we were to do that, you know, we'd all be equal. All the countries would be. You see what I mean? If we took the, we took the best of our best, yeah. Canada. Ed? All right, I was like, if y'all want to comment or I can keep going. No, I, mean, I love what you have to say, Ed, and normally it's uh, it's really good stuff. I mean, you know, it's it just, it's sad to me that, you know, even the blacks, and I hate to keep harping on this, but it's the greatest, it's the most important civil rights issue of all time right now. What's that, the, the war, war on drugs? On drugs. Yes, sir. It is the I war- absolutely agree. It's the beginning of the police state. It is, uh, what is, it was prior to terrorism, what had allowed the government right. to grow to the point that it, that it had, and it still justifies hey, continued expansion. I made that statement not long ago that if you can have a war on drugs for 30 or 40 years, a, a, a government, they'll be able to do anything. And they pretty much can. If you can control what a human being puts in their body, then what can they, you know, I mean, we're insane to allow any of this. How, how, and like I told Mark and Stephanie the night, if the war on drugs was affecting white males like black males, the war on drugs would have ended, as Mark said, it probably never would have got started. Sure, it wouldn't have. <laughs> well, I, I love what you're saying, Ed, about uh, the education system here in the U.S. Uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, it seems like people may be getting dumber, but I love that you're saying that uh, people are actually getting wiser. Um, right. hey, hey, people are not getting dumber at all. Hey, and to back it up, uh, Stephen, I'm getting a lot of these facts from Stephen Pinker's new book called uh, The Better Angels of Our Nature. While violence has declined, and even the people that are attacking him agree with his numbers. Listen, this for example, rape in the United States is down eighty percent since nineteen seventy-five. Eighty percent. That's a so big if you drop. You got daughters out there. <laughs> there's good news for you. Well, you're the saying men that have more sense. The women have more sense. You're not going to just be able to go up and abuse people 
Like, think about it, in the middle that, age. You know, I think that you're right on, on one track, Ed, but on the other hand, there are also some things that have gotten worse as far as how people perceive things. So, you know, even though we're safer in general, I can give you an example. If you go to freekeen.com, you'll see what happened today in Keene, New Hampshire. Some guy left a domestic incident at uh, 5 in the morning with his girlfriend or his wife or something like that. We mentioned this earlier. Yeah, he walks out with a with a gun, and they lock down, you know, the, all the schools. They lock down, uh, not all the schools, but all the schools within that area. They uh, they bring in helicopters. They bring in state police from all over the place, cops from all over the place, and they totally overreact to this. It's, it's stuff like that isn't making us safer. That's making us, you know, that's that's acclimating us to a police state. What's what's keeping us safe or making us safer is, as you're saying, people are changing, uh, but also the fact that people can defend themselves is an important factor. And I think that uh, if people tend to rely on the police, that actually makes them more vulnerable in the long run. Oh yeah, I'm I'm totally against the insane police departments too. But I'm just talking about people in general. Like, for example, in the Steve Pinker uh, facts here, that uh, there are more than look. There were only 20 democracies in 1940s. Now there are almost a hundred, and and also countries with more women in politics. When they thanks start for the call tonight, man. Always then, appreciate hearing start from you. Pushing got- the women in. You've always got something interesting to say, Ed. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's. Uh, the, I think the sharing of information has really helped make this a more peaceful society. They can't control the information people put in their bodies. That's true, and it's becoming less and less controllable over time with uh, the proliferation of the Internet. And that's why we're here, because of the Internet. See you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. Denali National Park in Alaska is one of my 1,000 places to see before you die. Alaska's Denali National Park is a home to Mount McKinley, and standing at 20,320 feet, it is the tallest peak in North America. Visitors return from the six million acre park with tales of grizzlies, moose, and golden eagles, of sweeping vistas of subarctic tundra, and the massive peaks of the Alaska mountain range that almost rival the Great Peak itself. During summer, the park is awash with 16 to 20 hours of light each day, leaving visitors ample time to take in the dazzling scenery and to experience the closest we have to an American safari. Touring and camping are controlled to protect the park's fragile ecology. For the more adventurous, there are guided or independent hikes on the park's marked trails. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar. 